I'm Bobby Bird with Bird Farms in Plainview, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Jessica Donald. Hello, Texas. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me, buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, record fed cattle prices have set the stage for more high prices to come. We'll have more on that as we kick off today's show in just a minute. My name is Jessica Dolmel. I'm your host, and I'm part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. Recent rains in the Texas High Plains have been very good for area farmers. Ranchers are pretty happy, too. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. New right-to-repair agreements bring industry coverage to 70 percent. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll have a report on this important issue for farmers and ranchers here in Texas and across the nation on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Upper-level storm systems have been tracking north from Mexico, and they brought a series of strong weather to extreme South Texas. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas Wildlife News, and a complete look at the markets coming up. First up, Kerry Martin has an update with Dr. David Anderson. He'll weigh in on current prices in the cattle industry. Today we're visiting with Dr. David Anderson. He's a livestock marketing specialist with Texas A&M. And Dr. Anderson, let's start off talking about some recent developments in the cattle market. Over the last month or so, we have seen record live cattle, fed cattle prices, both the futures and the cash market. Setting records at this point has to be a good development because it seems there may be more to come. Well, it sure is. That's really a positive thing, I think, for everybody, certainly on the live animal production side. And as you mentioned, record high fed cattle prices. We set new records for about three weeks in a row. We have since kind of backed off the last couple of weeks. Prices have come down a little bit. You know, I don't think that should really be surprising. We're still talking fed cattle prices at 170, calf prices in the five to 600 pound steers at 250, certainly much higher prices, really reflecting tighter supplies. But I think also that consumers are still buying. And so that demand is there to keep these prices high. And with tighter supplies on the horizon for the next couple of years, I think it really sets the stage for high prices to continue. Do you feel like the pendulum has finally swung back in favor of the production side of the business, cow-calf, stalker, feedlots? Do they have more marketing power now, or are the packers still hanging on to quite a bit of muscle in the market? 
Well, I think we always wonder about various actors in the market and their market power, their ability to move prices. Yet the cutout is higher. The wholesale market's higher. We see higher prices across the board in kind of the primal cuts. And and we in the last uh, Consumer Price Index reports, we had higher prices for beef as well, uh, particularly the, the choice beef uh, reported in the CPI. And so we've got higher prices across the board. And, and I think that's got uh, you know, that certainly brings a desire to, you know, operate a plant at its most efficient level to, uh, you know, the, if the orders are there, you know, we keep moving cattle through it and we do have fewer cattle on feed. There are fewer animals, uh, in total, fewer, fewer animals ready to go to market. And so that affects some of those slaughter levels as well. So, you know, if it, is it really, uh, someone holding back trying to push prices higher or do we have fewer animals and you know certainly we have fewer animals dr anderson thank you so much for your insight on the cattle market today hey you're welcome thanks for calling that is dr david anderson extension livestock marketing specialist with texas a&m i'm carrie martin on the texas farm bureau radio network recent rains on the texas high plains have been beneficial for both farmers and ranchers James Hunt joins us with that story. As our rainy spell continues in the Texas High Plains, one of the happiest things to be said is that pretty much everyone has been able to share in the bounty of moisture. National Weather Service data shows above average rainfall totals for the month to date throughout the region. But one place that really jumps out is Borger, where Mark Mitchell is an owner and manager of Crutch Ranch. Here at our headquarters, probably in the last two weeks, we've had about five and a half inches. But I know on the four six is what they call Dixon Creek Branch. They've probably had somewhere between six and eight in that same time period. It's a tremendous amount of rain compared to the last two years. And while the rain is certainly welcome, Mitchell says recent downpours have created the need for some fence work. There's a creek here called Dixon Creek that starts north of Panhandle and feeds into the Canadian River north of Border. And as far as I know, I don't think there is a water gap left on Dixon Creek anywhere. I've been visiting with the manager there at the Sixes and all his are out. But that headache is pretty small given the dramatic improvement in grazing conditions. It's probably as good a start as we've had, you know, drought of 2010 through 14 was tough. 15 was a pretty good year, and we're probably as good as we were back in 15 as far as a start. It was a little late starting, but man, we've got some sub-moisture, and the grass is really trying to take off and do something. And Mitchell says cattle on Crutch Ranch are responding very well to the better dining conditions. The cows are pretty happy, I tell you what. And kind of like the grass greens up overnight, the cows, even in a week, have made a lot of change in their body conditions. And what the very abundant rains have also delivered is better opportunity for profitability. Just the fact that we're not going to have to feed through this summer is going to help a lot, you know, in our bottom line. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The majority of ag equipment sold in the U.S. is now covered by Memoranda of Understanding, allowing farmers the right to repair their own equipment. Tom Nicoletti joins us with that story. The latest agreements with Agco and Kubota to go along with previously negotiated agreements with John Deere and CNH Industrial Brands, provide farmers and ranchers the right to repair their own farm equipment. American Farm Bureau Federation has been instrumental in the agreements. TFB Network's Gary Joyner has more in our report from Savannah, Georgia. 
I'm with the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall of Georgia, and right to repair information is happening this week. New cooperation among manufacturers, 70% of coverage now for U.S. producers regarding right to repair. American Farm Bureau has been a driving force on that discussion and those MOUs. Tell us how proud you are of that effort. Well, we're real proud of that effort, and it's taken a lot of a lot of work by our federated states and American Farm Bureau to put this together. You know, this is the issue our farmers and ranchers were having on their farm, where they buy a piece of equipment sometimes as three or four hours from the dealership, uh, not being able to get their equipment back up and running, and not being able to choose where they wanted to have it worked on. And we recognized how big that issue was and went to work on it, and we felt like it was worth a try to try to solve that within the industry before we had regulation through the uh, through legislation to do that. So we have accomplished that. We're very proud of it. It's not something we visit and forget about. It's something we will revisit every six months with the manufacturers and make sure that we attempt to fix any problems that our members or farmers are having. That's Zibby Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. I'm Gary Joyner for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Spring storms have brought a series of high winds, heavy rains, and even a tornado to the Rio Grande Valley. Jim Hearn has that report. A series of upper-level storms continue to affect extreme South Texas. High winds, heavy rains, even a rare F1 tornado have combined to cause a lot of damage. Now, the watershed areas have rebounded miraculously. They're up over 7% in just the last three months alone. You know, three months ago, we were talking about the prospects of a very serious drought as we headed into the summer area. Well, some areas around Falcon Reservoir and up through Amistad have received eight-plus inches of rain. Now, the range country has not been left out either. Uh, Six, seven inches of rain, not uncommon. The grass is green. It's plentiful. Uh, The row crops in the area look great. Growers are, of course, scrambling right now to control weeds in the fields. Corn, milo, and cotton, again, they all look fantastic. The harvest of spring onions, well, it's about over. The heavy rains halted the harvest a little earlier than anticipated. The citrus harvest is now starting to wind down. Sheds will be closing to get ready for next year's harvest. And the Memorial Day weekend, just right around the corner, South Texas should see a plentiful supply of watermelons for all of the activities. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. There are new therapies coming along in equine medicine, but evaluating the evidence for those theories may be lacking. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have that report in just a minute. Registration is now underway for CCA Texas annual star fishing tournament along the Texas coast. That story's coming up. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There are always new therapies coming along in equine medicine, but evaluating the evidence for a theory may be lacking. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. A novel or new therapy is a therapy that is completely original or one that has only been used by a few veterinarians or on just a few animals. When considering the quality of the evidence supporting a new therapy, the gold standard is an experimental study with a control group that is not treated and the treatment group in which the animals are randomly chosen. The participants are blinded as to the treatment an animal is actually receiving. This is called a double-blind study and is the best evidence for a therapy. Dr. James Meyer indicates that lots of therapies in veterinary medicine do not have a control group, which prevents one from knowing how the animal would react without any treatment and allows biases to enter the results. Without quality evidence, horses serve as poor, uncontrolled experimental subjects. And new therapies are based on theories that the treatment will be effective. In many cases, the excitement about the therapy increases, which leads to more frequent use of the therapy. And with more frequent use, the incentive is decreased to perform clinical trials due to their expense on the company selling the product. The concern is there are multiple cases of drugs used in the past for conditions in horses that were found to be totally ineffective once trials were performed. This causes horse owners to spend money on therapies that are useless and prevents effective therapies from being used. The lowest form of evidence is the testimonial, and yet you see it used extensively in advertisements in horse magazines. New equine therapies should only be used after extensive evidence is collected to prevent possible injury to the horse. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This summer, the Coastal Conservation Association of Texas is offering more than a million dollars in prizes and scholarships through its annual Star Fishing Tournament. The tournament starts Saturday and runs through Labor Day. The first five anglers who reel in a red-tagged redfish, clip the tag, release the fish, and turn the tag in may win a truck and boat package. The first five who bring in a blue tag from a redfish are eligible for a boat and trailer package. Ryan Towns, assistant tournament director, joins us with more on the other tournament divisions. We have our inshore division, which includes gaff top, sheep's head, and black drum. Black drum, we have our own specific slot for it, which is 24 to 28 inches. The person at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the tournament will go home with a 19-foot chillwater boat with a 115 Mercury motor and McLean trailer. And then we have the offshore division. We have ling, dolphin, kingfish, and snapper. And those anglers are going to go home with a Hoffpower Polaris Ranger. In those categories, the angler who has caught the heaviest fish at the end of the tournament wins those prizes. For the kingfish, it's a 30-pound minimum. Dorado is 20-pound minimum. Ling, cobia is 50 Red snapper is a 20-pound minimum. There are also youth and teen divisions available awarding scholarships for continuing education. Anglers must be CCA Texas members and entered into the tournament to be eligible for a prize. You can register at startournament.org. 
that is startournament.org. We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. After two days of losses, live cattle regained some ground on Wednesday, led by cash cattle trade. June live cattle up $1.82 to $166.10. August live cattle up $1.55 to $164.12. October live cattle up $1.20 to $168.37. Peter cattle also recovered a bit on Wednesday despite corn trading higher. Analysts say a lot of that is due to strong demand and, of course, cash cattle trade. May feeder cattle up $1.17 to $208.97. August feeder cattle up $1.05 to $234.52. September feeder cattle up $0.87 to $237.62. Boxed beef was mixed Wednesday. Choice fell $1.37 to $299.37. Select rose $2.10 to $283.88. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers, sells them on Monday. Riley, how was this week's sale? Oh, that's good, Larry. Uh, market continues uh, to gather some steam, uh, especially on the lightweight calves, uh, the better end of the lightweight calves. Uh, well, yearlings were a little higher, too. I quoted the lightweight calves, though, four to eight higher. The bigger calves and yearlings, two to four higher. Packer cows and bulls sold steady. Uh, got on real good. Ended up with uh, 1,198 head today. Not too many stocker cows. We had that string of Bremer cows. Uh, we did have some pairs brought from 950 up to 1450. Some bred cows, 850 to 1400. Your high yielding Packer cows, 104 to 110. Uh, Breakers ninety six to dollar six. The canners sixty six to eighty six. Your high yielding bulls one ten to one eighteen. Low to medium yielding bulls ninety two to dollar ten. Your two to three weight choice steers two forty two to two seventy four. Heifer mates two twenty to two forty two. Three to four weight choice steers two fifty two up to two eighty. The heifer mates two fourteen to two thirty eight. Four to five weight choice steers two thirty eight to two sixty eight. Heifer mates 216 to 234. The five to six weight choice steers 226 to 252. Their heifer mates 204 to 220. Six to seven weight choice steers 204 to 224. Heifer mates 180 to 198. Seven to eight weight choice steers 188 to 208. And their heifer mates 172 to 188. Real pleased with the market today. Uh, we did have the quality was good, which always helps, uh, but uh, got along real good. Good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week. 361-813-6650 is the cell. 361-786-2553 is the office. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web. And we will, next Monday is Memorial Day, but we will be open. We will have a sale next Monday for Memorial Day. We appreciate it, Riley. Thank you so much. We'll see you then. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. And goodbye to you, neighbor, at least until tomorrow. You've been listening to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble, and you're doing so on Texas Ag Today. 
Lean hogs traded lower for the third day in a row on Wednesday as corn traded higher. June lean hogs down 87 cents to 79.80. July lean hogs down 15 cents to 80.82. After two days of gains, we saw losses in block cheese trade on Wednesday. Block cheese fell 7.5 cents to $1.57. Barrel cheese was steady at $1.51. May class 3 milk fell a penny to $16.20 a hundredweight. June class 3 milk down 16 cents to $16.39. Butter futures were steady to a penny lower. We saw triple-digit losses in the cotton market on Wednesday as debt ceiling talks drag on in Washington, D.C. July cotton fell 263 points to 81.72. October cotton down 273 points to 80.64. December cotton down 216 points to 80.28. July corn up nine and three quarters to 5.87 and a quarter. September corn up three and a quarter to 5.15 and a quarter. And December corn was up three and a quarter Wednesday to 5.20. Hard red wheat traded lower on Wednesday with a forecast for some much-needed rain in wheat-growing areas. July hard red wheat down 29 and a quarter to 8.12 and a quarter. September hard red wheat down 26 to 8.07 and three quarters. December hard red wheat down 23 and a half to 8.03 and a half. July soybeans rose two Wednesday to 13.24 and a half. November soybeans fell two and three quarters to 11.85 even. June natural gas rose seven cents Wednesday to two thirty nine. July natural gas rose seven cents to two fifty five. Crude oil rose over a dollar on Wednesday, according to Reuters. U.S. crude inventories posted a surprise weekly drawdown. That's according to the Energy Information Administration. Reuters reports that the Saudi energy minister also alluded earlier this week that OPEC Plus could consider further output reductions. July crude oil up a dollar thirty-six to seventy-four twenty-seven. August crude oil up a dollar thirty-seven to seventy-four twenty-two a barrel. The Dow fell two hundred and forty-three points Wednesday to thirty-two thousand eight hundred and eleven. The S&P five hundred fell thirty-one points to four thousand one hundred and thirteen, and the Nasdaq fell ninety-four points to twelve thousand four hundred. And 65. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.